Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. If you're traveling with travel insurance, you're traveling smart. Get a quote today at tripinsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Welcome to this week's episode of Cruise Radio. My name is Doug Parker. Very happy to have you here. A review of Celebrity Silhouette this week. Also, Sherry Kennedy is here with Cruise News and to answer one of your listener questions. Uh, a quick reminder, if you want to find out about any of the stories we talk about on this show, they can all be found on the website at cruiseradio.net. And if you want to come join the Cruise Radio Facebook group, that's Cruise Radio News. All right, Sherry Kennedy is here. Hey, Sherry. Hey, Doug. So two weeks ago, we were talking about there being a travel ban to Mexico by the State Department, but it looks like that has recently been lifted. It's kind of complicated. There was a Mexico travel warning for tourists, and you're right, it was lifted this week by the U.S. State Department. Um, The tourists were being warned against taking the ferry from Cozumel to Playa del Carmen so that they can do a shore excursion to the ruins, Mm -hmm. you know, the Mayan ruins, which would be like Tulum or even a longer one to Chichen Itza. But uh, the warning was put in place, as we said, a couple of weeks ago because a device had exploded on a tourist ferry boat. And there were some injuries to American tourists and even some locals who were just going back and forth. And then when they found a second but not undetonated device... That's what prompted the travel warning. You don't know all the reasons why they issued these restrictions, but that was pretty severe. So now the the ban or the warning has been lifted. Shore excursions are again resuming uh, to the Mayan ruins in Tulum, and you can go on the ferry boats back and forth. But they are still encouraging tourists to be vigilant, which is always good when you travel anyway. And it looks like prices are going up, up, up for gratuities. Norwegian Cruise Line, the latest cruise line to raise gratuities. When was their last um, gratuity upcharge or, I guess, increase, and what did it go to? Yeah, the same time about last year that they increased their gratuities. It started at thirteen fifty per person per day, and it went to thirteen ninety nine per person per day again. They call this a nominal increase, and it really isn't a lot, but, you know, it can add up. But the new increase, which is effective April 1st of this year, again, is going to be a nominal increase, and it will be on the majority of the ships within the fleet, except for the suites and the haven. It's going to go from the $13.99 per day that it was to $14.50 per person per day. On the majority of ships within the fleet, guests staying in the suites or the haven, theirs is going to bump up from $16.99 per person per day to $17.50 per person per day. And on the two, on the two all-inclusive ships, the Norwegian Sky and the Norwegian Sun, the charge for all cabin categories except suites is going to go from $18.99 per person per day to just a dollar more, $19.99 per person per day. And if you're lucky enough to be in the suites on those two ships, you're going to go from $21.99 to $22.99 per person per day. And, you know, when you consider that those two ships are all-inclusive, it sort of makes sense in a way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, 
and even with the the new increase here, I mean, a lot of people are doing you know picking gratuities for their pick five or pick three thing that Norwegians always doing their constant sale. So, I guess it's all relative, right? It is. You know, they make it up one way or the yeah. other. It's not, nothing. There's nothing free. Right, exactly. Carnival Panorama, the itineraries were announced today. Uh, what kind of itineraries are we going to see? And if I understand this correctly, the ship is now open for bookings. The ship is open for bookings. It's a big announcement. And this is exciting because the Carnival Panorama is going to go directly after it's built in Italy, mm-hmm. come straight across and go directly to its new home in Long Beach, California, where they have reopened the terminal and it's this beautiful, expansive uh, well, if you've ever seen it, it, it was pretty. It's interesting because there's a geodesic dome. The first cruise will be a three-night jaunt from Long Beach to Ensenada, Mexico, and that's on December 11th. But after that, the ship's going to cruise on seven-night itineraries with three ports in Mexico, and those will be Cabo San Lucas, party town, Mazatlan, and beautiful Puerto Vallarta. So everything for Panorama is getting exciting to have the first carnival-based ship in California in, I think it was 20 years, they said. Yeah, you know, every once in a while, I like to jump on a transatlantic, like a new build transatlantic, but it looks like this ship's not doing a transatlantic or trans... Well, I mean, it's going to obviously do one to get there, but with no with no passengers, it looks like right now, it's going to be deadheading from the shipyard to LA. And that's usually because they're still doing work on yeah. it, but they have to deliver the ship on time. Right, yeah, so... All right. Well, speaking of Carnival, uh, they just raised the price to faster to the fun. What did they raise prices to? Carnival quietly boosted the price earlier this week. It's kind of staggered. The two- and three-day cruises, excluding the Carnival Liberty, to get on the ship earlier and have the special privileges is going to be $39.95 per stateroom. On longer cruises, $99.95 on eight days or longer. So, it's kind of, you have to, I, I don't know. I don't know if I would pay an extra 40 to to $100 just to get on the ship earlier. And granted, there are some benefits. You get um, priority luggage handling. You get access to pri- for priority tendering in ports where you have that. And you get your choice of disembarkation times and priority dinner assignments. But I don't know. I'm just sort of used to that being included with my fare. Yeah. The last time... You know, but um, they first rolled this out. The Faster to the Fun came out in 2012, and that was forty nine ninety five per stateroom fleet-wide. So now they're doing this tier pricing system with uh, for the different ships, and some are included, some have their own special pricing. So it remains to be seen. Well, I mean, so... I'm one of the people like probably wouldn't pay for it unless I mean I don't have to because of the I mean I'm platinum with Carnival but I mean if I was sailing and I didn't have any status if I was going to like Half Moon Key or if I was going to Grand Cayman on my itinerary I'd probably buy it because I I'm not a fan of tendering at all. Mm-mm. I you agree know? with you on that one. And I think I think really this this is, like you said your platinum um, this might really be good for first time or new cruisers. Just to experience, you know, you know, they'll have a taste of all these perks, and mm-hmm. it's going to want—they're going to want to come back for more. Yeah, and I mean, people are paying it, right? So supply and demand. Absolutely. Yeah. So speaking of people paying, looks like Royal Caribbean has invested two hundred million dollars in their private island, which is Coco Key. Did I say that right, Cherry? 
Yes, you did. Key. It's okay. pronounced key. Looks like K, but there it's we pronounced go. key. Yeah, so I had a chance to talk with Matt, uh, Matt Hotchberg from Royal Caribbean Blog earlier in the week about what are they doing over there that's going to cost $200 million. And this is what Matt had to say. Doug, thanks for having me on here. And I got to tell you, there's going to be a lot that's being added to Coco Cay. They're adding a thrill water park, including a couple of really big water slides. One's going to be a thrill slide. And the other one's more of a family slide. You're going to have the largest freshwater pool added to Coco Cay, a 1,600-foot zip line, a helium balloon that they're calling up, up, and away. It goes up 450 feet above the ground, some specially designed beaches for relaxation. You're going to have cabanas, day beds, basketball, soccer, Glass bottom kayaking, zorbing. I don't even know what zorbing is, but they're going to have that. And also an exclusive area called the Coco Beach Club, which is going to be an upscale island experience. Now, that's just some of it. There's actually a lot. Of, there's going to be water park for the kiddies. There's, uh, there's a lot of different amenities that are also going to be there. The transformation of Coco Cay is going to roll out in a couple of phases. So it's going to begin in September 2018 with the completion of a new pier. And then by spring 2019... Uh, Royal Caribbean is saying the majority of the island's experiences will be open. The last part to be completed will be the Coco Beach Club. That'll be the final phase, and that's set to open in November 2019. I want to thank Matt Hodgeberg from Royal Caribbean Blog for that soundbite. Sherry, $200 million developing an island. Uh, what do you think of this? You've been in the industry for a while. It's a huge amount of money, but I don't know when the last refurbishment was. Probably after the hurricane several years ago, like mm. 2005, I think. The, it was really hurt badly and they put a lot of money into it then but you know that's a long time ago and it really does need some updating so everything he mentioned i'm really excited to hear about um and then you know it's going to be another revenue stream for royal caribbean if they're putting in i don't think they would offer a helium balloon ride for free maybe they will but i'm sort of thinking you know they will recoup some of this eventually um whether it's just from visits or if they will have more paying opportunities on right. the island. Well, I mean, I, I'm excited about yeah, the helium balloon ride. It, it's, kind of, it's kind of gimmicky to me, but I think it's uh, like the 13 water slides they're building, like the water park, and the zip line that goes over the lagoon looks cool as well. That looks pretty neat. And, you know, you think about it, you still have to rent the floaty mats. You have mm-hmm. to rent all those things. So it's not it's not like you go there and you don't spend any money, although you can. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I think it's great. And it'll be finished, it said, I think, November of 2019. So it's a long $200 million project. Yeah, totally. Um, Last but not least here for cruise news, cruise ship was just cut in half. And uh, this story made headlines everywhere. Talk to us about this. Yeah, you know, it's, it's happened before. This is not the first time. And it's actually less expensive than building a new ship. So Silver Seas, Silver Spirit, it was cut, sliced right in half. Then you separate the two halves and you stick in a pre-built block right in the middle, weld it all together, and out she goes. You know, it's all done. But actually, uh, it's quite a process to see as you're looking. It's like, you know, you get a, a side, an inside view of two sides of the ship, and then you can see. I think you have something on your website where you can see the chunk being inserted between the two halves. And then they squish the ship back together, rivet and solder it and weld it all back. Um, It's going to increase the Silver Spirit's capacity by about 12%. It's going to add new restaurants. There will be a larger deck around the pool, which makes sense because they're going to have more people on there. And there will also be two new public spaces. Well, I mean, I was looking at some of the stats because I love like getting into the technical stuff when it comes to projects like this. Like over 500 workers, 450,000 man hours. 
over 360,000 feet of cabling and over 26,000 feet of piping. So it's like a huge undertaking. It's amazing to see how they can possibly do that. You know, you almost can't believe that it's less expensive than building a new ship, but it has to be cost effective or they wouldn't do it. Listener email time. If you have an email you'd like to submit, Doug at cruiseradio.net. This one comes from Leslie in Portland. What happens to your luggage when they check it at the pier and before it gets to your room? <laughs> well, Leslie, Doug and I talked about your question a little bit, and we started making all these funny jokes about where your luggage actually ends up. But to be perfectly honest, once you give it to your port, the, the uh, shoreside porter or the uh, longshoreman, they put it on the cart. And then it goes into the ship where it is x-rayed. And then it's either sorted by the uh, color coding on your luggage tag from the cruise line, or it's all put together and then it's sorted out and delivered. But it does go through the x-ray. And there are uh, the dogs, you know, they have the, the German Shepherd dogs or the Labradors. They're sniffing the luggage too. So it's not like it goes from curb to room without someone checking on it. So you know, it's it's a long process and it's a tedious process. So don't forget to tip the guy that takes your luggage. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I, I was going to say. <laughs> I was going on a cruise with a, this is probably, oh, maybe eight, five, six, eight years ago. And there were some 80-year-olds in my group. And there's a big sign at Port Canaveral that says, uh, longshoremen are paid. Tipping is not necessary. Mm-hmm. So he looks at the sign and he has his suitcase and his and his wife's suitcase. So I don't know what happened with her suitcase, but he didn't tip the porter. We get on the cruise ship. The cruise ship leaves, no suitcase. Oh, my so gosh. So he had to, yeah, the Carnival gave, yeah, I think it was Carnival. It might have been, it was either Carnival or Royal Caribbean. Gave him, um, you know, like jogging clothes to wear and mm-hmm. things like that. And some of the other men in the group contributed ties and things. Where was this suitcase? waiting at baggage claim when we left the ship. So the moral of the story (laughs) is don't go without tipping the porter. You know, like you said, a dollar bag, $2 a bag. I see these massive suitcases that are like 12 feet high and must weigh a thousand tons. And, um, you know, people can't really lift those. So don't overpack with these massive suitcases and be sure and tip. You know, even if I sling the bag into the cage myself, I still mm-hmm. give him a buck because yeah. I want to see my bag on the other side. And you will as yeah. long as you – you know, so they, they have it hostage basically. Yeah, pretty much. You're you at know. their mercy. We've been talking with Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks, Doug. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at CruiseRadio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. 
six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Have a question for the experts or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Kelly just returned from a cruise aboard Celebrity Silhouette and she joins us on the line. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. It's been like, what, a year? Yeah, I think it's been a year. You did uh, Carnival Freedom last time, right? Yes, my first time on a Carnival ship. Wow, okay. So you uh, transitioned and went to Celebrity this time. So let's take a step back and get some pre-cruise thoughts about um, doing the Celebrity Silhouette Cruise. My boyfriend and I had been on the Celebrity Solstice in 2016. We absolutely fell in love with um, Celebrity. And so my parents wanted to take a Thanksgiving cruise. Um, in 2017. So I really thought Celebrity would um, be a good option for them. They wanted to go on a line that had less kids and just have more of like a family feel, like an older kind of family feel. Mm -hmm. So I suggested Celebrity to them and they were really interested. And we actually took advantage of the Black Friday $25 deposit deal that Celebrity was having in 2016 for the 2017 cruise. Um, Since we knew we wanted to go Thanksgiving week, it was super easy to pick a cruise that we wanted to go on. Um, And then the $25 deposit was a great deal because they really do that promotion. So initially, we were actually supposed to go on the Celebrity Summit out of Puerto Rico. But to make a long story short, with all of the unfortunate hurricanes and the weather situation and just the, um, you know, everything that was going on in Puerto Rico, we really thought that it might be a better idea if we switched our cruise. And we really kind of made this decision firm once our pre-cruise hotel, the Carib Hilton, emailed my dad and told him that they were not going to be able to accommodate us for the two or three nights that we had booked um, before the cruise. So we went ahead and we made the change. Um, My parents live in Orlando. So the silhouette was leaving out of Fort Lauderdale, which is this easy three-hour drive for them. So we made that change and Celebrity was, I'll give them credit, they were extremely flexible and they were very understanding about our situation. And we actually were in an ocean view room on the summit and they upgraded us to a balcony room um, on the silhouette. Oh, so wow. yeah, I thought that was a, you know, a great deal. And we ended up only having to pay like $200 more um, total for the cruise because of the price uh, difference. So that's how we ended up on the silhouette. Uh, just curious, did you already have your airline tickets booked uh, when you uh, decided to cancel? We did, um, but we fortunately had booked Southwest. Okay, so gotcha. we were able to get the credits back. Yeah, we actually booked um, – My I live in Austin, and then my parents live in Orlando. So I was actually flying from Austin to Orlando, mm-hmm. and then we were all going to fly together from Orlando to Puerto Rico. We booked Southwest. We were able to cancel and get all those credits back, so it really worked out. I think we would have had a different you know, plan if we had non-refundable plane tickets, Yeah. Um, but fortunately, we had made that decision to book Southwest. Cool. So how was your embarkation once you got to Port Everglades? It was a little bit crazy. I think there were seven or eight ships in port that day since it was a holiday week. I saw two Royal Caribbean ships. There were, I think, um, two Holland America ships there. 
there was a carnival ship. So it was a little crazy. The celebrity silhouette had just returned from Europe. So they just did the transcontinental crossing Mm -hmm. and they hadn't cleared at customs is what we found out later um, until pretty late in the game. So when we got there at noon to check in, the line was wrapped around the outside of the building all the way down. (laughs) So it took us a long time to check in, but we kind of figured that would be the case since it was a holiday. Interesting. I just realized that you boarded on November 19th and our cruise got back on November 19th the same day. So our ships were in port the same day. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. There were so many ships there. (laughs) Yeah, we did um, Holland America's Eurodam. That was it. Um, Cool. So so from curb to check-in, how long did it take? It was an hour. Okay, gotcha. And so uh, what were your first impressions of Celebrity Silhouette? When we walked on the ship, um, it was really pretty. The Silhouette is the same um, plant kind of design and floor plan as the Solstice. Um, minus a couple of restaurants and a couple of different um, things that they have on board. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't walk into the kind of grand foyer. We walked in, I think, deck four or five, and it was kind of dark. But I basically dragged my parents through the whole ship. And, Uh I, you know, we like to go and take pictures and see everything. And I will say the art on this ship is absolutely gorgeous. They really took the time to pay attention to all the details on the ship. It's absolutely beautiful. All the lounges are so well appointed. It's just a gorgeous, gorgeous ship. And it's a very easy ship to navigate. The floor plan is very easy to understand. And once you walk around the ship one time, you kind of get the the hang of it. Did you do the art tour on the ship? Like where you can check out an iPad and check out all the arts? We didn't. I couldn't get my... Yeah, we, I couldn't get my dad to do that. He's gotcha. kind of like a, mm. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved to, though. I hear you. So uh, you make your way to your stateroom. You said you got upgraded to a balcony. Uh, what would you think of your stateroom? It was beautiful. My um, parents had their own stateroom. So we were both on deck seven. Initially, we were supposed to be a couple rooms down from each other. But I actually have more status on celebrity than my parents did since they'd never cruised on celebrity before. Mm-hmm. So they had moved me to aft um, of the ship and I had this huge balcony, nice. um, which was awesome. And it was actually good because I was probably like 30 cabins away from my parents. Uh-huh. So it took them a while to walk down there, which kind of, you know, they didn't want to do that all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so they kind of left me alone a little bit, <laughs> but they had um, a standard balcony and their room was great. And they said it was perfect for two people. And then me in my own room, you know, it just, it felt huge and it was um, a huge balcony. Um, we, I love the bathrooms in celebrity because they have the sliding glass shower doors and no kind of shower curtain or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so that was really nice. Um, there was a lot of storage space. We took everyone's recommendations and brought a power strip to plug in so I could plug in all of my electronics. Mm-hmm. And that was awesome because there's not a lot of um, outlets in this room. So that was definitely a good suggestion that I heard on your show somewhere. <laughs> Someone did that. And otherwise, the room was beautiful and great condition. Um, it looked like it had been really um, well taken care of. And our stateroom attendants were amazing. So Awesome. Very happy with the rooms. Yeah. Cool. So let's talk about the food aboard Celebrity Silhouette. Uh, let's do the main dining room first. What time dining did you have? We had the early dining, 6 o'clock. Okay. And what do you think of the main dining room food and service? I thought the main dining room food and service was awesome. This was my first time eating in the main dining room on Celebrity. Um, my boyfriend and I had cruised Aqua Class on our previous Celebrity class 
cruise, so we had eaten in blue. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main dining room food was very comparable. It was delicious. It was beautifully presented. The service in there was fairly good. I felt like the main dining room was a little bit crazy the first two nights. It kind of took a while for them to kind of get their groove going with service and stuff. Mm -hmm. But the food was fabulous. And they did do a traditional American Thanksgiving dinner on Thursday night. And that was probably the best meal of the entire cruise. It was fabulous. Awesome. So uh, the Tuscan Grill, you uh, told me in your pre-cruise notes that you celebrated your parents' 30th wedding anniversary in there. Uh, how was the food in there? Yeah. So the Tuscan Grill was, was great. Um, the food was amazing. We did celebrate their 30th anniversary. Um, I do have a funny story about the Tuscan Grill. Okay. So this was kind of my gift to my parents for celebrating their anniversary. And my dad is a huge steak lover, so I knew he would really enjoy the food in the Tuscan Grill. So while we were eating, we're just chatting. And then we happened to hear two passengers behind us starting to get into a heated argument. Mm -hmm. And at first we thought they were friends, but we realized they weren't sitting at the same table and they didn't really know each other. So they ended up screaming at each other across the dining room. And one of them threatened to kill the other one. And we were literally sitting in the middle of this. So they had to bring in cruise security, which I'd never seen before. And I'd never seen, you know, two passengers get so angry (laughs) at each other. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what they were talking about. I have no idea what the um, argument was about, but it was super embarrassing. And the maitre d' of the Tuscan girl was amazing. And he actually gave my parents and I a free dinner to come back the last night of the cruise because he was so embarrassed and it was such a you know, a production and it kind of disrupted our whole entire dinner because they had to get everyone out of the restaurant while they figured out what was going on. So, oh, wow. <laughs> but otherwise the food was amazing. Yeah. I'd never seen anything like that on a cruise. <laughs> Did you, um, how much does a Tuscan grill cost per person? It was $45 a person. Gotcha. You said you, they took everybody out of the restaurant to figure out what was going on. Were you like, you allowed to go back in and finish your meal? We were, yeah. yeah. So they took everyone in our section. I shouldn't say the whole entire restaurant. They took everyone in our section out, and they yeah. asked them to kind of move around. We were able to go back and finish our dessert, and I had words with the maitre d', who was totally understanding, and he, you know, invited us back. And so it was great, because one night we were able to get the steak, and then the other night we were able to try all the pastas, since cool. that's really what the, the Tuscan Grill specializes in. Yeah. What did you think about the um, the lawn club grill up there at the top where the, the grass is and all that? Yeah, so we actually had an alcove we had rented on our last sea day. So that was really awesome. We got to sit in the alcove. And with the alcove, you get a free bottle of champagne. You get a fruit platter in the morning. You get a cheese platter in the afternoon. You get service. Like you just have this phone in the alcove and you just pick it up and you call and you say, I want a drink or <laughs> I need this or I need that. And then they also bring you lunch from the Long Club Grill, and you can eat it in there. And my mom and I decided we were going to get burgers because we just wanted to try them. And I will say they were absolutely amazing. They were so good. They were huge burgers, juicy and delicious. I mean, they're a little pricey, but I think if you want a really good burger on the ship, that's definitely worth it because they were 10 times better than anything you get in the Ocean View Cafe. Their uh, Lido Deck buffet area is called the Ocean View Cafe. What would you think of that? That was okay. Um, I think they had a lot of options in there. I think that it was kind of hit or miss 
we went in there for lunch a couple days and we went in there for breakfast a couple days. It's not that impressive to me. I'm not a huge buffet person. And honestly, I think that Royal Caribbean's Windjammer Cafe has much better food. Yeah. Um, and I think this is really the only um, area that celebrity doesn't, you know, blow people away with, um, with the Ocean View Cafe food. I will say that the Aqua Spa Cafe, which is a tiny little cafe in the solarium, mm-hmm. which sells smoothies and provides a little fruits and um, things for breakfast, were, was much better than the Ocean View Cafe. So my mom and I would go into the Aqua Spa Cafe for breakfast in the morning. Cool. Let's uh, switch gears here and talk about entertainment. What do you think of the entertainment on your sailing? I have to say, I think the entertainment on this ship was a lot better than the entertainment we had on the Celebrity Solstice. And we really enjoyed, they had two comedians on board, and they were absolutely hilarious. And they did shows in the main theater, and then like the following night, they would do a late night adult show in the smaller little theater that they had. And they were awesome. They had a couple musical acts that were great. And then they had um, the Celebrity Singers and Dancers shows, which Mm -hmm. were so so good. I I felt like they were such a high quality on this ship. And so we really enjoyed seeing the shows. Very nice. How about the music around the ship, like at nighttime? Oh my gosh, it was amazing. We would sit in Cafe El Baccio, which is the kind of little gelato slash coffee bar um, on the fifth floor, kind of midship. They would have a violinist. Um, they'd have a cello p- player, um, they'd have a guitar player, always something different. And that's what I really appreciated about the uh, celebrities. They have the musical acts around the ship, but they would always be in different venues and they'd always be at different times. So you really got a good flavor of all the stuff that they had to offer. And I'm telling you, all those musicians are so talented and it was just a wonderful, wonderful addition to the cruise. How were the sea days for you as far as crowds and congestion? It was okay. We were supposed to go to Coco Cay. That was our first port of call. Unfortunately, because of the winds were so strong, we couldn't make it there. We couldn't dock there. Or I guess I should say we couldn't tender there. So that ended up turning into a sea day. So we had essentially five sea days and two port days. (laughs) So the sea days kind of got a little bit some people were getting a little stir crazy. Yeah. The pool was definitely really crowded. We had one sea day where the weather wasn't that great. So everyone was in the solarium or the gym. So I think it just was a little bit harder because that port day turned into a sea day. But the ship was, you know, it didn't feel super crowded. Um, everything flowed smoothly. There weren't too many crowds um, in terms of like food or anything like that. So it was okay. It definitely the pool, I would say, was the most crowded out of all of the places on the ship for the sea days. Cool. Now, you also went to, um, you said you missed Coco Cay. Uh, you went to Punta Cana, which is in the DR, and then also St. Thomas? Yes, so exactly. Ha- yeah, so how was Punta Cana? Punta Cana was a surprise. I did not think I was going to enjoy Punta Cana at all. I, you know, just, It wasn't on my radar, but I absolutely loved it. We went to the Sanctuary Hotel, which is an adult-only, all-inclusive, and we paid for a day pass to go there. So it was awesome because we got to use all their pools. I think they have four or five pools. They have their own private, like, ocean um, and beach. So we got to use that. We had drinks, and they had a huge buffet for us in one of their beautiful restaurants. 
And that day really turned into a gorgeous day. And I'm telling you, the water was like 10 shades of blue and the sand was amazing. It was so soft. You sit in a cabana on the beach and just relax with your drink. It was beautiful. Um, so that was a day we really enjoyed. And I was really surprised by how much I loved the Dominican Republic. We did have to tender in that port as well. And that was not ideal because the tender, the waves were so high and the tenders were rocking and stuff. So that wasn't my favorite. But other than that, the port was amazing. What did you pay per person for the resort? It was really expensive. I think it was $145 a person. <laughs> uh, expensive, but really worth it, it sounds like. Exactly. Especially since this was one, you know, we only had ended up with two ports. Mm-hmm. So it was fine. Yeah. Gotcha. You went to uh, St. Thomas, which uh, I guess when you were there, it was like you were like pretty much one of the first cruise ships back. How was the condition of St. Thomas when you docked there? I had never been there. My parents went there on their honeymoon. So they were so happy to be back. And you could definitely tell they have a long way to go, but they definitely um, have come a long way. Mm-hmm. So we actually pulled into the industrial port. I guess the main port where all the cruise ships typically pull into um, just wasn't ready yet. So we had pulled into the industrial port. And from the moment we pulled in, it was kind of sad. You could see sailboats up on the rocks. Mm-hmm. You could see houses without roofs. I mean, Half the island still doesn't have power. Um, when we drove in our taxi to Megan's Bay, where we ended up going, um, it was, you know, he was going through all these lights that there was no stoplights. They didn't have power there. And so I think they have such a good spirit um, that they're working really hard to rebuild. And Megan's Bay, which we went to, had recently opened like a week or two beforehand. So I think everyone was really happy to see us there. I'm really happy that the cruise lines have started coming back um, and really happy that Megan's Bay was open for everyone to enjoy. And we were there at St. Thomas on Thanksgiving Day, and there was a ton of people on the beach having huge Thanksgiving parties. So it was really fun to see all of that. Yeah, Royal Caribbean dumped, like, I want to say millions of dollars in the um, like reforestation projects and trees mm-hmm. and helping rebuild that. So Megan's Bay looks, this is your first time there, correct? Yeah, it was my first okay. time there. I mean, it was beautiful. You could definitely tell there were trees down and this and that and the other power lines hanging on our drive to Megan's Bay. But mm. I mean, Megan's Bay itself was absolutely gorgeous and the water was beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Well, uh, so you make your way back to Port Everglades. How was disembarkation for you? Disembarkation was a lot easier than embarkation. We took our luggage with us just because we knew we wanted to get off the ship as soon as we could, get back to our car and just kind of get on the road because we had a feeling that it was going to be a really busy travel day, especially driving back to Orlando. So we didn't really have any problems. There was like a 10 or 20 minute delay of letting people off the ship. But I think we got off at like 730. We were in our car by like eight o'clock at the latest Mm -hmm. and we were on our way back to Orlando. So that was, that was not bad at all. Cool. Do you have any first time tips to offer folks sailing celebrity silhouette? It's a beautiful ship. I would take advantage of everything you can on the ship. Um, The specialty dining is amazing. It's definitely worth the money. And I would definitely um, suggest Um, investing in the alcove. Mm -hmm. If you do an alcove on a port day, it's only $99. If you do it on a sea day, it's $250. So definitely look at that, you know, cost and 
and see if it might be worth it to you. But it's definitely a great way to kind of get away and have your own space for the day. So I would definitely recommend that. And also the solarium is wonderful on the silhouette. It's a quiet place. It's a great place to read, a great place to just kind of like hang out. My parents and I, we play cards in there. So that's a good escape as well when it's not raining out. (laughs) And I would definitely suggest the Aqua Spa Cafe for breakfast because in my opinion, they had a lot better food than the Ocean View Cafe. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the only places on the ship you can get smoothies as well. Cool. Well, um, looking back, what was the biggest highlight for you? I have to say Punta Cana was amazing. Mm-hmm. I would not shy away from a cruise that went to Punta Cana. I've seen a couple, and I really want to go back. My dad's talking about going back for Christmas next year, so I'm cool. all there. I think that was the biggest highlight. And also just seeing St. Thomas and you know being able to go there and you know spend our money there and really help the economy there. And really, um, you know, it was great to see people starting to rebuild and have such a great attitude. And I feel like they're so resilient. So that was also another great part of the trip. And honestly, just spending Thanksgiving with my parents, it was just a great experience. Cool. Now, back to that resort at Punta Cana. Was that a cruise line excursion or did you book that on your own? We actually booked everything through the cruise line. Um, I got really nervous. Um, after the Celebrity Summit issue. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, we had booked a ton of excursions on the, through Celebrity on the Summit, so we yeah. were able to get a full refund. So we definitely wanted to book through the cruise line because they were the ones that provided the transportation to the resort yeah. as well. And while the resort wasn't far away, we just felt more comfortable with transportation provided through the cruise line. Sure. Uh, well, final thoughts of Celebrity Silhouette. Beautiful ship. I want to go back as soon as possible. I also want to go back on the Eclipse, and I want to try all the celebrity ships because I'm just I'm such a celebrity fan. Awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Well, Kelly, thanks for sharing your review. I appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.